Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. Lord, we thank you just for an opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you through giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that you will touch our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, that we will glorify you in all things, that the word will fall upon the good soul of ours, and that you will be glorified in it all. We thank you and honor you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, we are now into our final episode of our series called Help My Unbelief. In this final episode, we're going to bring to conclusion everything that we've talked about over the past four weeks by using the example of someone that was a part of Jesus's inner circle. We're going to look at a man by the name of Thomas, his apostle. And just like with Thomas, we can uh, see our doubt can show how close we are to God. That we can be transformed by Jesus in the midst of our doubt. And as we draw closer to Jesus, our doubts are then challenged and or confirmed by God's truth and God's faithfulness to us. And so over this four-week journey, we have talked about the first episode, which was the journey. The journey was looking at how we can walk through doubt to find the answer that we're looking for. That not doubt is not there to pull us away from our faith, but to cause our faith to actually increase because we're asking questions. Our questions help us to validate and to secure our faith. The next thing we talked about was the perspective. We talked about how we filter and how we look at it based upon our expectations. And sometimes our expectations can cause our questions to not be the right question. And then last week we got right down to it and we talked about the transparency. Us being honest with ourselves and those around us and saying, I need to know because currently I don't know. And now this week, our subtitle is going to be The Reality. The reality, the reality of all this is that being in doubt is not the issue. Being in doubt actually provides us with a conduit by which we increase our faith. The reality is, when we doubt, it does not mean we don't believe. The reality is, let me, let me jump back on that real quick. The reality is, when we doubt, does not mean that we don't believe. Because doubt and belief can be in the same thought at the same time. 
When unbelief shows up, when we say, I don't believe this happened, that's when we start running into complications. So let's look at our definitions for this week. The first one is, of course, doubt. Doubt is to waver or fluctuate in opinion, to hesitate, to be in suspense, to be in uncertainty. Our second definition is reality. Reality is actual being or existence of anything, truth, fact, in distinction more, I mean, in distinction from mere appearance, meaning that it has some credibility, it has some veracity to it. That is reality. We're going to be in John, the 20th chapter today, starting at that 20th verse. The buildup is that, as the children's video said, that two guys were walking to Emmaus, and as they were walking to Emmaus, they got joined by a third person, and they were asking him, you know how when somebody joins your group, you say, hey, have you heard? Right? Y'all done that? Have you heard? And they asked, have you heard about what happened? And he was like, no. And So they started telling him what happened about Jesus being crucified, and he was like, you know, I, I believe that's so that these scriptures could be fulfilled. And they're walking along. And as they get to Emmaus, Jesus is going like he's going, continuing further. They say, well, hey, why don't you come and have dinner with us? You know, we've enjoyed the time we've had with you. And so they get ready to sit down and eat. And as Jesus breaks the bread, they realize who he is. And it says he disappears. So the two guys run to tell the, the, the rest of the disciples, hey, guys, we just saw Jesus. And one guy said, yeah, I, I, didn't our hearts burn within us? Didn't we feel something as he was talking to us? And so as they were talking to the, to the disciples again, in verse number 20 it says, And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21 says, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. <laughs> 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they, shall, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. 24, now we're getting ready to get to the meeting. Now Thomas. One of the twelve called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, now, just so, this is a real quick side note. Now, eight, the, uh, eight is the number of grace. Just, so, just, just to throw that out there. Eight is the number of grace. So eight days after he says this, he says, the, uh, eight days later his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them this time. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. And see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. 
Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will resonate in our hearts, our minds, and our spirits in Jesus' name. Now, I have so many different ways. See, one of the things is when, you, when you're preparing messages, you have so many different conduits or so many different presentation methods that can come to you. And, I, man, I, this has been a long journey to get this down to where I could just, you know, because I was just like, oh, it could go this way, it could go this way, oh, it could have gone this way, you know, and I like to, when I'm talking about a character, I like to think how that character would think. And so I was thinking about Thomas, and Thomas being one of the 12, he's not one of the top 12, but he, you know, you know but he's a part of the group. And uh, in the King James Version, they, they call him Thomas Didymus. The word Didymus means, it ain't his last name, it means the twin. That means he has a twin. That's all it meant. But every, you know how, y'all know, y'all know how y'all call, you know, like on Fred Sanford, they had Ned DeWino. You know, something about you that kind of distincts you from all the other Neds. He was Ned DeWino. You know, so he had this distinction that he was Thomas the twin, so everybody knew which Thomas everybody was talking about. And so the one thing, if you look in the book of John, this is where John, the baby of the group, really uh, was infatuated with Thomas because he would bring out some things that none of the other gospel writers brought out. In fact, he brought out the fact when Jesus said, I'm going to go and I know they're planning on stoning me. And he was telling the disciples, so he was telling the disciples that they could hang back. Thomas was the one that jumped up. I believe it's in John 11. He's the one that jumped up and said, no, we're going with you. Thomas, Thomas was excited about doing what it is that Jesus. So he was on Jesus' side. He believed in what Jesus had going on. So he was not the one who was, I ain't too sure about this Jesus thing. Thomas was all in. But we're going to get bricks thrown. If Jesus is going to get bricks thrown at him, guess what? I'm going to get bricks thrown at me because I'm with him. I believe in what he's going through. Now, when you have all this belief, all this confidence, all this trust, you know, this is my ABC. Y'all might not know what that means, my ace, moon, coon. Y'all may not know what that means. That means my ride or die person. When you got that person and that person dies on you, it can mess you up. It can cause you not to really understand what's going on. And so then you can become dejected in your mind. You can become rejected. You can become, oh, that's a good word. Thank you, lovely. Downtrodden. I was going to use a, uh, 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 another thing. Y'all heard of a person called a Debbie Downer? Everything they say is negative. You know what I'm saying? Boy, sure, it's nice outside. Yeah, it ain't going to last long. The storm coming. Y'all know them kind of people. You talk, you know, everything, everything come out of their mouth. You, you see them coming, you be looking for other things to do because you're like, they just going to say something that's going to be negative. Something's going to be negative. And so 
Just like you have this person that's called a Debbie Downer, we have mistakenly placed a new title on Thomas and called him what? Doubting Thomas. I done heard preachers go into the own Thomas so bad about doubting, man, I'll be like, dude, I know you want to come back and just argue that point. Because Thomas had been devastated. Think about this. The, the person he was supporting, the person that he was behind is gone. And now I'm trying to work through this process of this person that I really wanted to follow, this person that I really wanted to be a part of what he had going on is gone. And now y'all going to come in here and tell me y'all saw him, y'all lying. Y'all know he ain't say no nice words. You know, he's like, I, y'all need to shut up. I ain't going to believe nothing y'all say. Y'all lying. I ain't well, When I put my hands, y'all understand where he's coming from now. When I put my hands... And his, my fingers in his hand. When I put my finger in his feet, when I put my finger in his side, then I'm a believe. Because y'all lying. Because he's hurt. He's hurt to the core. He's going through this. But the thing was, he did not give up. He did not say, I don't believe in the Lord. He says, I'm not believing what you're trying to tell me. See, that's where we mess it up. We make it sound like he didn't believe that Jesus was arisen. That's not necessarily what he was saying. He said, I'm not believing y'all because of what I'm feeling and what I saw, because they also speculate that he was one of the disciples that kind of hung around from long distance and watched the crucifixion instead of running off. So he saw what Jesus went through. He saw the pain and the anguish. And so he's kind of in his mind trying to say, okay, I saw what he went through. He's dead. Now y'all trying to start some nonsense. And so as we see that he's going through this, we, can, we say that Thomas was all in with Jesus. Thomas was on the Jesus team 100%. And he would have followed Jesus all the way to the end. And he wants to follow Jesus. And so he's trying, why y'all coming here talking? We're trying to eat dinner and y'all coming here talking this. Done upset my stomach. Why y'all do this? But the thing was, he kept fellowshipping. He kept doing the things that he knew to do, even though in the back of his mind, he said, them jokers are lying. And that's why, if, if you look at it under that perspective, you can say that Jesus wasn't confronting Thomas. He knew what Thomas's heart was. He was saying, Thomas, to help you, I want you to touch my hands. I want you to touch my side. I want you to do these things because I want you to get out. Because now, if he was all in before, I don't know what the next level above all in is, but that's where Thomas was. Because he was like wrestling with this thing, and he says, I got this question in my mind. I got these questions in me that I am trying to deal with, and next thing I know, what they said actually happens to be true. Hmm. Can you realize that Jesus loved Thomas so much that he made a special appearance for Thomas? Yes, yes. Do y'all catch that? He came and he said, Thomas is me. Look at my hands. 
Let me see your hand. Let me stick it in my side. Now, I would say that y'all country folks understand this. Uh, when country folks get excited, they say things that really don't supposed to go together, but you know, y'all know what they mean because they're trying to say uh, emphasis. Uh, Thomas stuck his hands in there and he said, my Lord and my God. Now he wasn't saying that to Jesus. He was saying that to himself because he was like, that man is alive. I can be excited. Now, now those of y'all country folks that went back to y'all uncles and stuff saying stuff, y'all know y'all shouldn't be thinking about that in church with your uncle saying that stuff. But anyway, because you know they don't say my Lord and my God. But anyway, but he says, unless I see this, I, I, I can't believe, I can't believe what y'all are saying unless I see it. And once Jesus verified that, the, the, uh, the history books say that Thomas got so excited that Thomas decided that he was going to go to a place that none of the other apostles have gone to. For my grandbabies who we like talking about history and stuff, I'd like to let them know the fact that Thomas was the evangelist to the country of India. They actually have a St. Thomas city in India. So we sometimes look at situations and we say that they only were in Jerusalem, Judea, and we forget about the uttermost parts of the world, but that to see that Thomas went to India, and they, he actually had such an impact on India that they actually have an area named after him. And so we can kind of pull together that the reality is you can be 100% in and still have questions. Yes. You can be 100% in, Thomas, but then you hear something and it makes you ask questions. The question does not take away from the fact that you're 100% in. The question, if you take the question appropriately and look at the reality of the question, you say, how does that affect my commitment to being 100% in? And when you're dealing with God, guess what I discovered? When you start going to him to ask the questions, God don't send you around the corner to ask somebody else. He give you the answer. And the answer causes you, just like Thomas, to believe even more to the point that you'll go to places that nobody else even decided to go. Thomas started believing and he started walking. Next thing you know, he was in India. Everybody else still hanging around in Jerusalem, but he out there in the middle of uh, India preaching the gospel. Because that's how doubt does. Doubt is not, I said it last week, I'm going to keep saying it. Doubt is not sin. Doubt is a question that is there to propel us to increase our faith in what we believe.
But the key to this is us asking the question. Have y'all ever, y'all ever seen something? Okay, you know, I'll I, I do my rephrasing. I have sometimes looked at some situations and had questions in my mind, and because I did not pursue the question, it then became something that I took as true because I didn't do the research or do the inquiry and found out that I was totally wrong. Because when that question comes, we are designed to what? To get an answer. But if we don't get an answer, then we keep playing with it, playing with it, playing with it, and then it becomes, in our mind, factual when it can be furthest from the truth. Y'all, I tell y'all this story all the time, that we, because we don't ask the question, these three generations of women were sitting up there cutting the back end of the ham off because they didn't know what was going on. But when they asked the originator, the person that started it, why you cut, she said, because my pan wasn't big enough. That caused a whole new revelation. I, you know what, I just thought we wasn't supposed to eat the back end of the ham. That's the best part around the bone. I don't know what's wrong with it. But anyway, we have to ask the questions. That's why it's good for us to come together. That's why it's good for us to provoke each other to good works. That's why it's good to ask one another questions. That's why it's good for us to be able to articulate the hope that lies within us. That's why it's good for us to continue to want to know what I believe so I can articulate it not only to those on the outside, to me on the inside. Sometimes we sit up there and we act like, I got it all under control, but on the inside, you know, you know, if it was a house, it'd be in total disarray. But when folks come, you know, like I said last week, you throw everything in the closet and try to make it look like everything is good. But God desired, see, I want us to grab hold of this. Help my unbelief did not take the man out of Jesus' presence to believe that his son was going to be healed. He was just saying, give me some, 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 some uh, answers. Give me something to help me push this unbelief out of the way so I can totally believe and trust in what you are doing. I'm going to finish with, no, I'm not. I'm not finished yet. There is a theologian by the name of Roger Olson and this is what he says. He says, the reflective Christian is one who questions what they believe while continuing to believe what they are questioning. Yeah. Boy, that's about two foot deep, ain't it? Mm -hmm. The reflective Christian is one who questions what they believe while continuing to believe what they are questioning. Yeah. Because, there, uh, I believe it's in, in Psalms, the Bible talks about that is the deepness of us calling out unto the deepness of who God is. Now, we know God's deepness is way deeper than our deepness, but still, it's a calling out, a wanting to know more, wanting to interact more, wanting to be more involved in what it is I believe. And God says, if you got a question... Just ask. 
Because somebody asked me this, they say, but what? But the Bible says that if you're not sure, then you, y'all say yes. Uh, yes, what's that, what is, what's it, how's it say it? Uh, what, uh, what come to mind? Is unstable in all its ways? A doubtful mind? Okay. Okay. But it says this. It says, if your mind is not focused, you're unstable in all your ways, right? That's, what it, that's kind of my generalization of it. But this is where I want to take you this. Right before that, it tells you the remedy for the instability. If you have a question, let him ask of God who will give you all the wisdom that you need. He don't hold anything back. And why is that? Because I can't think of that word right now. Unstable. Unstable? Is that the word? I'm trying to think of that word. I'm sorry, y'all. I usually do this in Bible study. I don't usually do this on a Sunday morning. Somebody look up James 1... Uh, six, seven, six or seven. You just came to me, and I, I, I need to hit it. You want the King James? Yes, King James. Hmm. Oh, you want? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. That's right. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded... Double-minded! I could not... Man, I couldn't think of that word. I'm, I apologize, y'all. But I could not think of that double-minded. Double-minded means that you're thinking belief and unbelief. Doubting is not unbelief. Doubting is questioning what it is you're believing. Now, somebody going to sit up there and say, but it sounds like unbelief to me. No, unbelief means that you do not think that it's going to occur. Questioning is, I'm wondering if this will occur. There's a difference in that. Just like Thomas did, because this is where I was going. Thomas was like, I ain't going to believe this unless I see it for myself. Right? Mm -hmm. So he says, I'm not believing this until I see it for myself. Now, if his question, now this is how doubt would have been. He would have said, I'm not certain. I'm, uh, I'm not certain what you're saying is true, but I'm going to believe that y'all are right. You see what I'm saying? But he said, no, that's not true. Jesus is dead. Jesus is gone. I won't know that I know Jesus is alive until I do this. The doubt portion is, okay, what they're saying might be true. I need to pursue this to get a better understanding. Because Thomas, again, because he got hit so hard. I could not think of that word now. Double-minded just running all through my mind now because I got it. But double-minded, double-mindedness causes us to vacillate back and forth. Doubting should cause us to want to pursue after the answer. Not just sitting here saying, I don't believe, I believe, I don't believe. I don't believe. You know, that's not, that's not what God wants us. He wants us to say, God, I don't understand this. I don't comprehend it. I don't know if this is true. Give me the answer. Give me the answer. Reveal to me the answer. Let me know the answer. And that's where we can get our answers 
answered. Because we want to be those reflective Christians. Because that causes us to provide introspection to ourselves and to others to assist them along the way. Now I'm at my final note. The final note is this. The world system has caused us to think that our struggles and our doubts are evidence of how far we are from God. If you're struggling, you must not be that close to God. If you're doubting, you must not be that close to God. But I want to say throughout this entire series that we've gone through is that those struggles and those doubts in fact or might in fact show how close we are to him. Because you only question the things that you are concerned about. You only question the things that you want to know. You only question those that you believe will help you along the way. So I want us to finish out to understand the reality of this is, is doubting is a part of the faith process that causes us to seek God more readily so that we can get an understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, what do we get? We got to get an understanding. So I want us to understand the reality of this. Because the enemy will try to use this world system against us. And when you start asking yourself questions of, am I sure that God can do this? The enemy will come in and say, you know you're not sure. Don't, don't, you know, don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it anymore because you know you're not sure. But what you should be saying is, because I am all in, because I am a part of God's kingdom, I'm a kingdom citizen, I have access to the throne, which means I can ask the questions. All I got to do is say, God, I'm unsure about this. Can you help me? Give me some understanding. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Not only did God tell you what the problem is going to be, he gave you the remedy in, in James, the first chapter, before he even told you what the problem was going to be. He said, if you need wisdom, all you got to do is ask. Because if you don't ask, you're going to be vacillating back and forth, and you're going to be like a, 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 a piece of a, a, a boat without a rudder on the ocean. You're just going to be moving with the waves. But once you get that understanding, guess what? You can move in the direction that you need to move in. Our goal in this entire series was this. For us to understand that doubt is not a sin. Doubt is the rocket fuel that we need to propel us to believe and trust more in God and what he's doing in our lives. So the questions that you're asking are not a problem until you don't seek an answer. But once you find an answer, you're going to be all right. Once you start seeking an answer, you're going to be all right. I believe Jesus said it like this. He said, if you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door is going to open up. Man, sometimes I'll be sitting up here. Y'all just don't know. I'll be looking at myself. Dude, that's so simple. 
You know that little commercial? I could have had a V8. <laughs> My goodness. The reality, the total reality of this series that we went through is, first and foremost, we have to have a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, first and foremost, those questions, those doubts, all that just begins to become a weight upon you that causes you to feel more dejected, more uh, depressed, more like you want to give up. But I'm here to let you know today that the, the questions, the doubts that you have are to propel you to get the answer, to seek after the answer, because God has an answer for you. And the reality of it is, the answer to your doubt if God is real, if Jesus is real, is simply this. The Bible says it like this, that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. That means rescued, delivered from the penalty of sin. Because the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so what God wants to do for you is to move you from this doubtful, unbelieving, depressed, feeling like you're overwhelmed situation. He says he wants to make you have life and have that life more abundantly. And it's simply you making a declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you believe that God raised him from the dead in order to set you into a position by which you will know that you are one of his children. And just like that, once you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, it's just like you becoming a citizen anywhere else. There are some things that you want to know. There's some things, some benefits that you can enjoy. But you have to be around the citizenry in order to get an understanding. And so our first point that we want is that you, we want you to accept Christ as your Savior today. And when you accept him, he'll come in and he'll begin to do a new work in you. And as he's doing that new work in you, his desire is for you not to do this as an individual sport. He wants you to uh, put yourself with a team. And through that team, you will become more of the citizen that God desires for you to be. And so we want to let you know that if you need a team, we're available for you. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Let us know by contacting us at info at GodsHouseCC.com. And we will come alongside you. We will help you. We will assist you. We will do whatever is necessary to help you along this journey. And we will celebrate with you. But you have to get connected to a team because this is a team event. And we want to be there to assist you. Please let us know at info at GodsHouseCC.com, and we will come alongside you and assist you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, friends and family, with that being said, we have come to the conclusion of our series, Help My Unbelief. We've talked about the journey. We talked about the perspective. We talked about the transparency, and we finished up with the reality. We pray that God has done something to you, helped you, assisted you to grow more and more in what he's doing in your life. 
And with that being said, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.